Welcome to the Brain Soul Success Show, where we learn, explore, and create your powerful positive healing for life. I'm your host, Louise Schwartzwalter. I'm the creator of a five-part mind-body-soul methodology that clears the subconscious blocks to success. From engaging transformational interviews, brain soul success stories, and the secrets shared by brain and spiritual experts, you will reconnect, revitalize, and transform your powerful life. It's time for you. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Brain Soul Success Show. And I am so excited to have my guest with us today. This is Dr. Marcus, and you're coming all, well, you're coming from Australia to us, right? So your practice is, we're in Australia, tell us. Indian, which is literally three minutes from the um, ACT or Canberra border, our national capital. So it's a, it's a short drive um, from New South Wales, Queanbeyan to the uh, ACT in Canberra, but most people to make it really easy, I'm, I'm pretty close to Canberra. Okay, awesome. That's so awesome. And I just love connecting with you. You know, we, we talked before and it was just such a great, great conversation. And so I thank you for being with us today. Um, I want to introduce you to our to our audience here. You're a chiropractor and a best-selling author, uh, the founder of Provolution Health, a wellness practice focusing on transforming health. So so we share a lot. We love to help people transform their lives. You know, just yeah, their in your patients, your whole community. And so, as an author, a speaker, and a coach, Doctor Doctor Marcus here has made it his mission to massively and dramatically transform the lives of the people that he seeks to coach, to support, to care about. And he is this most amazing, amazing man and very caring. So you're in great hands if you're working with with Doctor um, Kekos here, Doctor Marcus. And he focuses on peak performance living. So you have that knowledge, the skills, and you have such a great background. You've done so much work with people over the years. And I, I, I almost can't wait to dive in and learn, learn more of your secrets um, and, how you, and how you do that. Because chiropractic is not just chiropractic. You know, there, there's practice very differently, isn't it? Absolutely. I think Every yeah. It's a massive misconception of what chiropractic is in uh, the general public, and hopefully we'll uncover a little bit of that today, particularly given I know you have this wonderful focus on, on the brain and, and, and transformation. So I'd, I'd love to bring the role of chiropractic into its uh, impact on the brain and actually its transformative elements today at some point too. So absolutely, I, I look through a different lens. I love that. I love that you look for that different lens. I also know that you did a lot of work with, well, you work with all people. You include family wellness care. You do elite, you have done with elite sports people, with entrepreneurs, with executives who are really looking for that health and those lifestyle breakthroughs. And I know that you've specialized also in working with arthritis, spinal hygiene, um, brain, nervous system health. Um, and so you're so, so good at that. In those care plans you put together for people, your books, your presentations, you're dramatically improving health and quality of thousands of people. And what a, again, what a gift it is to have you with us today. Um, I'm so so delighted to talk to talk with you. Um, we we share the, the you know like we like the physical, mental, emotional part of health and healing. Yeah, it's, it's funny. I'm looking forward to this. I've uh, been out. Uh, 
waiting with anticipation to have this conversation because I know it's going to be incredibly valuable. I'm going to um, endeavour to pour out as much insight, wisdom, knowledge and opportunity to, to transform as, as humanly possible in the time we have. So, yeah, let's jump straight in. Let's do it. Absolutely. So I want to know, so tell us a little bit about how do you approach working with the spinal, you know, the spinal cord and the nervous system in the brain? Absolutely. Look, the first thing is, again, if I can break that misconception of chiropractic, most people think, first of when they go to the chiropractor, they think, well, the chiropractor is all about back pain, neck pain, headaches, migraine, and that would constitute possibly not even 1% of my practice. And in fact, a lot of um, chiropractors focus outside of those elements as well. And the reason being is chiropractic is a brain-based, a brain-focused uh, profession. So when you think, most people think about the spine, you know, they go, oh, my neck's sore. They go to the chiropractor, adjust my neck, and my neck feels better. That is an inaccurate understanding of what the role of chiropractic is and the impact that chiropractic has. In fact, what happens is the brain is the, the governing controlling system of the body. It coordinates all functions. So if you want to move your hand, you it's the neural pathways that coordinate that movement. And if you want to digest food, it's the neural pathways that coordinate the production of the gastric acid and the movement through the digestive system. So everything is under the governance and control of the nervous system. And you know, to give an analogy to, to really bring this home, and I, and I talk about a, a really sensitive subject. I know Christopher Reeve was loved by so many people. However, when he had his accident, a horse riding accident, he was you know, catapulted over the top of the horse that refused to jump one of the hurdles. He broke his neck and severed his spinal cord. So he became a quadriplegic, which meant there was no nerve supply from the brain communicating to the body. So he couldn't move his limbs. But if you think about what happened with him as well, he had a tube in his throat for a ventilator, no nerve supply to the arms and legs. You get that you can't move, but you also therefore can't breathe. So he had a machine breathe from him. He didn't have digestive function, so he had a bag on the side of his body. Uh, he needed other support. He needed to be massaged all of the time because no nerve supply to the tissues, they were going to ulcerate. So when you have a catastrophic event like this, the impact of the nervous system becomes very clear that it coordinates and controls all function in the body, including immune system. When Christopher Reeve passed away, he passed away from pneumonia. So even the immune system is under the governance and control of the nervous system. So if we are not coordinating and controlling and enhancing and improving our nervous system, every other system of the body is underperforming. And when you think about the impact that stress has, you know, if you have stress, anxiety, depression, worry, you can have a weakened immune system. You can feel unmotivated. You can have muscle aches and pains. You are tired and fatigued. Mm -hmm. The nervous system, if it's under a barrage of insults and attacks, depletes every other system and diminishes all function within the body, limiting the expression of human and life potential. So if we start with that conversation, understanding the role of the nervous system, well, the goal of the chiropractor is to remove interference to the nervous system's communication in and through the body, but it uses the spinous a lever for that. And to, to, to give you an understanding of this, some people say, oh, my neck is out. And again, that's not accurate. And for a moment, if you can imagine you're in front of the computer, and for those who know that their computer has you know, run slow and they've got, you know, 30 tabs open and then all of a sudden, like the emails are taking, you know, that little spinning <laughs> to come through. 
So you often have to reset your computer. And is the button out to reset the computer? No, the no. button is what you use to activate the reset process. And so the reason the computer is running slow when all the applications are open is there's a term called cache and another term called RAM that computers use. So cache is what's in your working memory at the moment. So when you're uh, on a computer and you've got 30 applications open, your cache is filled with all of those applications. And your RAM is how fast you can process that information. Some computers might have 32 gig of RAM and they can process 30 um, applications being open, but other computers might only have 16 or 8 gig of RAM and they can't process that many applications at the one time. So it starts to clog up the system. So when you reset the computer, you clear the cache and allow, and then you open up your applications again, and then you reprioritize the RAM to go to those applications. So in a neural sense, what that means is you got too many things going on in your life. I've got to think about work. I've got to think about the kids. There's so much stress going on in the world with COVID. Um, I've got um, events that are on. I've got projects that I have to complete. So my cache is full. My working memory is full. I've got so many demands, so many commitments, so much responsibility. And my cognitive reserve, my capacity to adapt, address, and respond to all of those is diminished because I'm tired, I'm fatigued. And so I'm no longer able to function as well as I would like to. And so I get jammed up in my responsiveness to all of those demands. So those two analogies is there yes. to identify that the you're not out in your neck. It's more like there is a point of blockage of neural integrity and the adjustment that the chiropractor uses isn't to put a bone back into place, but is to stimulate neural integrity and the adjustment changes the brain, the brain processes the body. Now that the body being designed to self-heal, self-organize and self-regulate is able to be activated. The body does the healing, not the chiropractor, not the adjustment. The adjustment removes interference to nervous system coordination and control in and through the body. And now the body with no interference, mm -hmm. like a clear cage, can use its RAM to restore healing, to maximize productivity and performance, and allow that person to function better. And yes, that may mean your neck pain and headache goes away or your back feels better. But it also means you will digest better, you will think more clearly, you will have greater focus and greater clarity, your behavior will be more calm, centered and peaceful. And you will have more energy available to you because the nervous system governments that can control all of these factors in your body, including your emotional, mental, physical, physiological, biochemical processes, restoring peak health, optimal performance, and the way to express life. Oh gosh, I love, I love that explanation. That's just such a beautiful explanation because I, well, I love the brain, right? I'm the brain expert. So, you know, when you compare the brain to a computer, I often call it a bio computer. And, but your description and explanation of removing that interference, right? Um, allowing that flow, that's brilliant. I mean, you know, so that makes a lot of sense to me. You know, recently I found network chiropractic. Um, yeah. And I and I am really loving that. I mean, I did do the back cracking and all that, the neck cracking, you know, uh, type of chiropractic that also it removes interference. Like you said, you're opening up the pathway. But um, I really like network chiropractic. It just feels different. It goes deeper in some ways. I don't know if you can, you know, give us yeah. shed some well, light on the difference there. 
I can, in fact. Um, Donnie Epstein, the founder, um, uh, I, I know him so very well. I've, I've had him on just about every summit I've ever done with. Um, and his son, uh, Danny Knowles, who's also a teacher, we're, we're great friends and we speak all of the time. And so Network Chiropractic operates from a similar basis in, in that it recognises the governance and control of the nervous system. But there is also a factor it brings into called coherence. And that is whether or not we have a a response to our environment in a harmonious and balanced way. And so coherence takes place, again, if you have a coherent thought, you've got a clear thought. If you are coherent in your relationship with others, you have you know, a, a sense of understanding and strong relationship. You know what they're thinking, they know what you're thinking. You know, you're on the same page. So in addition to the nervous system communication expression, the role of network um, or network spinal analysis uh, is to ensure that there's also energetic coherence and that there is what's called a waveform, that the, not only does the nervous system communicate in and through the body, but the subtle energies are coherent, vibrating in a frequency of greater balance. And this has been shown to not only change the brain, it changes the ability to elevate your thinking. And it's been linked to actually improve and increase levels of consciousness. Um, so therefore heightened awareness, greater um, introspective ability, sense of appreciation and gratitude for the world, and thus a capacity, um, again, to live more fully and completely at a higher level of operation. So it's a, it is a true gift to humanity. Oh, I love that. Again, that's what I feel, you know. Um, and Dr. Trey is amazing. He's here in Albuquerque, and I've seen him, and he does the network chiropractic. And um, I just love what, what happens with that because I do feel different, but I feel different emotionally too. And I do a lot of emotional work. I know you do as well. Um, you know, so it's more energy work. You're working on those different conscious consciousness layers to be able to allow the brain. You know, what's real interesting when you first get, when, let me ask, when you first get a patient, first brand new patient that comes in, right? Um, do you, can you sense that their brain is off and their nervous system is off and and after you work with them for a while, you start to see that their speech and their language even changes and they can process more. I'm just curious. I see that with my work and I'm curious if you see that as well. Really, yeah, yeah. there are several ways that, people, that a practitioner can interpret what's happening in the health of life of a patient. I call them clients in here. Um, in my practice, patient means mm -hmm. quietly during strain from that and client means under the protection and care of. So I tend to use the term client. However, okay. for the purpose, most people identify and use the word patient and understand it. So I'll, I'll stick with that language here, but it's an interesting thought that you bring to the conversation when you use client or practice member instead of patient. But to, to come back to your question, uh, when, you know, a, a practitioner who has the mastery of their skill sets may not even need a history or an examination. Uh, you can see whether they have bags under their eyes, meaning there's adrenal exhaustion. And if there's adrenal exhaustion, we know that there's been a heightened level of stress, um, nervous system tension. They may be posturally weak, so we know that there's already um, changes to the prefrontal cortex, how the brain thinks, their ability to set and achieve goals. You shake their hands, and if their hand is cold, um, then we know there's a circulation issue. And we also know if there's a circulation issue, then there's probably a sympathetic dominance, meaning the stress in the nervous system. So you can look at a person, the color of their skin, the way they walk, the way they carry themselves, the posture they hold, the tone and the cadence of their speech. You already know before you've even taken a history how they feel, how they function, and all of that relates to the brain because if there is 
sympathetic dominance, meaning a high level of stress, uh, then they are going to be in a fight or flight response within their brain. They are going to be already feeling like they can't cope, that they um, have poor adaptive ability. And so what this means is you can easily know by what a person looks like, how you, when you speak with them, before the words they say in relation to their presenting complaint, what's happening with their health, with their life, but more importantly, what's happening with their nervous system and how that nervous system is functioning relative to way, the way that they express themselves. So in answer to your question, absolutely 100%. But for the audience watching this, you can know how your nervous system is if you are not waking energetically in the morning, if you are finding yourself where noise, your kid's noise is just starting to infuriate you or the street noise is sound you know, loud or when people go to give you new projects and jobs at work, you're like, just leave me alone, I've got too much to do as it is. You already know that you're in a sympathetically dominant state, meaning a fight or flight system and that your nervous system lacks resilience and therefore your ability to adapt to these environmental changes is diminished and it's going to create a compound effect. So unless you are positively responding to challenges, obstacles, adversity, unless you are feeling calm, centered and peaceful in the face of requests that you may not even want to do, but know that is made part of your responsibility, you can already know that you have a diminished state of well-being and a diminished capability to perform at the highest levels possible, which is limiting your expression of both health and life. Totally. So it's stress reduction, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask a different question now. How, how did you even get into chiropractic? How did you start? <laughs> but it, it's, you know, for any person out there that doesn't have a compelling beginning to their career and yet you think, will this ever eventuate to something of significance and, and, and magnitude and bring great meaning to my life, I represent hope for you. Uh, I was absolutely lost as a 17-year-old. My girlfriend, um, who is now my wife, we, um, she decided she had a real clear vision. I had never been to a chiropractor um, before I went to chiropractic school. I was uh, at high school, um, just my girlfriend, my, my childhood sweetheart, heart, if you like, and she had a really clear vision for her life. She had been under chiropractic care for her whole life. Uh, she was an incredibly intelligent um, young lady. She was probably still one of the greatest thinkers that I have ever met in terms of piercing insight. And so she had a really strong vision for her life. She enrolled in chiropractic. I was lost. I had no idea what chiropractic was, why you would choose chiropractic, but I followed like a lost little lamb. Now her marks were a lot better than mine. So I got in by the skin of my teeth. And then she, after we had um, enrolled, decided that um, she was going to take a gap year and um, see her family overseas. And after, you know, pretty tough study to, to get into the chiropractic school, she went and travelled the world and left me at home um, to go off to chiropractic school and I was completely unprepared. I'm the youngest of five children. I had no idea how to look after myself, let alone move into state with any level of capability. And my first weeks of college was eating um, day-old bread from the bakery that they sold 50% off because that was all that I could afford to buy with home brand, like discounted um, apricot jam, which I still can't eat to this date because I ate so much of it. (laughs) Into chiropractic, not knowing what chiropractic was. My parents had no money, so I was literally living in a state of poverty in a city far away from home with no, completely ill-equipped to look after myself. And my girlfriend goes overseas and leaves me there 
to pursue this journey. But on oh. Tuesday night at 7pm, the first philosophy class of chiropractic, John Kelly, who was not only the one of it, is the greatest philosophical teacher here in chiropractic, taught neurology, business and philosophy, was the dean of the chiropractic college. He opened the philosophy lecture with, there is a universal intelligence in all matter that constantly gives of itself and properties, thus maintaining it in existence. Now, I didn't know what that meant, but I know how it made me feel. And it made me feel like I don't know what's going on here, but I know I want to know and I want to understand. And something changed within me almost inexplicably. It pierced the heart without making sense in the brain. And I knew I was home and that this would be my career. Then my girlfriend came back. We had a surprise in that our daughter was conceived upon um, her return back home. And so she never completed chiropractic, but she knows as much about chiropractic, probably more than most chiropractors. But um, 33 years later, she still is not a chiropractor, but she is active in our, in our practice in so many ways. And she's probably a chiropractor, but there's simply her limitation is that she can't adjust. Other than that, she has the heart and head of a chiropractor, but I run um, the, the, the client interface. So that's the story, but it's begun wow. without fanfare, but really it's um, I've been on a, a really compelling journey and I'm so grateful that, you know, maybe I didn't choose chiropractic, chiropractic choose, chose me mm-hmm. and she was the catalyst for that experience. So I'm grateful for her eternally for that. That is so beautiful. That is just so beautiful. And you you powered through that. Yeah, and had that trust. Yeah, trusted in her and said, all right, this is it. I'm going to do this. Yeah, good for you. And I could tell that you fell in love with it from the day that you heard that John Kelly say that, you know, and that's been your precipice. That's what you have followed. And I know that you have some amazing work that you're doing. And I don't know, you can tell us, if, you know, if this is there's, there's two things here that I want to ask you about. I guess one is the total healing blueprint. And the other one was lost and sacred art of symbolic interpretation and science. Um, I don't know which one we want to talk about first, but I, I just know that that really intrigues me. And I know that it has something to do with energy work and, you know, and I do the energy part of the brain. So I want to hear what that is and how you approach that. So t- tell us about because one, I know that you have such an incredible skill set, expertise, and amazing passion for transforming people's lives, and it is such a gift and, and such an incredible contribution to humanity that you do that. And that also leads to the transformation of people's health and, and their lives. So that in part also is a mirror for what I do within the Total Healing Blueprint. And the Total Healing Blueprint is the model that I use to bring about uh, transformation in the health and lives of, of my clients and, and to educate within the practice and the community. And it really has seven pillars of what I would call seven pillars of optimal health, which you know, starts with first with the brain and the nervous system, secondly, your physical body, your biochemical um, parameters, your emotional mental state, your energetic state, your genetic factors, and then your spiritual life. So nice. none of this is necessarily unique or um stands out, people say, well, they're all the factors that everybody should look at. And I agree wholeheartedly. However, it's the integration of those with a philosophy of cause and effect as a priority, meaning some people will come to me and say, look, Dr. Marcus, I do all the exercises. I'm super fit. I eat really well. Now, why am I not healthy? And then we talk about, well, how's your nervous system? 
Well, no one's ever checked my nervous system. Well, let's look at your heart rate variability and let's try to uncover whether you're in a sympathetically dominant or stressed state. And other people might say to me, look, I meditate every day. I'm a vegan and I, um, you know, I'm super healthy. I'll say, let's have a look at what genetic factors may be at play. And are you in a high stress job? Um, or are you doing the exercises? And so it's not that we don't know about these elements. It's whether we include those elements in an integrated fashion all simultaneously as opposed to, well, I'll go see an exercise specialist. Well, that didn't work. I'll go look at my somebody for a diet and nutritional process. Well, that didn't work. Well, now I'm going to go do meditation course. Well, that didn't work. It's not that they didn't work. They all work. But if you have more stresses in multiple places, impacting your life in many different ways you need to address all of them simultaneously in order to balance the scales of health so it's it's like if you've got these scales mm-hmm. and you know you're like i have a busy job i have a stressful life um, i'm not eating as well as i would like to and i certainly don't exercise and i've got a genetic time bomb that maybe i have the apoe4 gene and there's a there's a risk in my family for dementia and so there's those scales of weight towards breakdown and disrepair but then you say, well, I need to exercise. So your scales aren't balanced if you're only doing exercise in the presence of all those factors of interference. So then you do also have to eat. You do have to reduce and eliminate stress by breathwork, meditation and prayer. But now that the scales are balanced, that doesn't mean we're going to heal. We now need to put more in the favour of healing, such as I'm now going to get adjusted as well. I'm going to make certain that I'm doing fasting and detoxification. I'm going to ensure that I am clear that I have support and love within my family and my community. And now the scales are balanced towards health and healing and you have a ritual um, in terms of a process of constant um, practices and activities that restore your system. And so the Total Healing Blueprints suggest that we are going to get the maximum impact from from our health, for our health goals, by integrating a program that addresses all seven factors simultaneously. So we adjust the spine to remove interference of the nervous system to allow the nervous system to govern, coordinate and control all function within the body. Then we look at stretch, strength and condition, balance and coordination to ensure all of the exercise factors are bringing about the physical changes that we need in our body, including our posture, including um, whether we do high, inter- uh, high intensity interval training or whether we look at resistance based training if there's weakness um, in the spine and then building the core. Then we look at diet and nutrition and ensure that we're eliminating fast food, junk food, processed food, refined food, sugars, eliminating those um, and maybe introducing intermittent fasting um, and certainly then detoxification pathways. Then we bring emotional balance into people's lives by uh, looking at breath work, meditation, as I said, reflection. The adjustment itself also changes the brain. We've got a big poster on my wall that says, I'm sorry for the things that I said before I was adjusted. So the adjustment <laughs> changes how a person perceives the world and responds to the world. And with the emotional mental balance happening, then we, and we'll come back to genetics last, actually. Um, then we look at the energetics as well. We give them time in nature and there may be meridian work that is done or chakra work that is done or auric work that is done barefoot under a waterfall in nature time away from the electronics of the world and then we start to defrag defragmentation is another computer term that says that we can start you know removing the bound up tension and then our spiritual life needs to be enriched as well and if you have faith and it becomes an expression and a, and a congruency and integrity of that faith if it is not a faith-based but a spiritual practice then it is 
um, whether you walk mindfully through uh, the woods or whether you have a strong a drumming community that you're a part of. It's about bringing all of that consciously and deliberately every day into your life to balance those equations out so that when we get to the genetic element and genetics, um, rather than just talk, you know, genetics, which is if your parents had blue eyes, you'll have blue eyes. If one parent had blue eyes and the other parent had brown eyes, odds are you're going to have brown eyes because brown eyes are a dominant gene. We're not talking that type of genetics. We're talking epigenetics above the gene. What causes a gene to activate or deactivate and our lifestyle is 80% influential over our genetic expression. So if a person has the ApoE4 gene, which is a gene that determines whether you have a genetic predictor for dementia, you don't have to trigger that gene. You don't have to experience dementia, but if you live the lifestyle of your parents that had that gene, you're going to potentially switch on that gene and activate early neurodegenerative changes and degenerative decline. So that doesn't mean you have to experience that. It simply means that if you make choices consistent with the gene's expression, you are more likely to experience that in your life. And what causes the gene to activate? Particularly high levels of stress, um, high levels of inflammation within the brain and the body. So if you have a poor diet and a highly stressed lifestyle, your genes, whether it be the ApoE4 or any of the other ones, may trigger. And it could be the same for rheumatoid arthritis or Hashimoto's. All of that is completely, one, avoidable, and two, reversible, once you reactivate the gene that expresses health instead of decline. And so we bring that conversation into play as we do work throughout our, our care programs to look at all those seven pillars, activating health and well-being, creating a lifestyle that is ritualized for health and lifestyle transformation, and then restoring the person's ability to function at peak levels. And then they have more meaning and more purpose. They therefore uncover the spiritual nature of their life and their life is transformed. Coming back to one of the early questions you had is, do you see and experience these incredible events in people's lives in your practice? We have miracles all the time. You know, miracles that uh, unfold where they say, my relationship is better. My health is better. Yes, we see that all of the time. My rheumatoid arthritis is reversed. My Hashimoto's is reversed. But really the, the incredible experiences are, I get on so much better with my husband or my, my children. I'm no longer shouting them all the time. You know, something I hear from the children, it's a, just a beautiful story. When a parent takes care of their health and they begin to really take care of their lifestyle, mm -hmm. something that the children come in and say to me, they're like, can I get adjusted too? Like, sure. <laughs> I love that. We'll get permission from your parents and we'll do yes. that. And why do you want to get adjusted? They're like, they go, it must be so awesome because ever since my parents have been coming here, they stop shouting at each other and they're not screaming at me anymore. So it must be really good. And that is, that's one of the gifts, not just of chiropractic, but of balancing your life. Because when you are angry at your children or are frustrated at work or shout when you don't mean to, no one wants to do that. But that's a sign of, diminished resilience and, you know, a nervous system that is under stress. And so when you can reduce that nervous system stress, you actually express that spiritual nature that is inherent within all of us, which is love, kindness, compassion, a care for others, a sensitivity that allows you to be responsive instead of reactive. And so looking at the Total Healing Blueprint, we to it's not only that it totally heals conditions that um, present into the practice, whether it's back pain, neck pain, headaches that do appear or you know, autoimmune conditions like Hashimoto's or rheumatoid or genetic conditions like dementia 
The total healing blueprint is about creating a lifestyle that removes interference to the natural and inherent intelligence and healing potential of your body so that you can overcome those presented complaints, but more importantly, transform your health to live more fully and completely, that your life's purpose may unfold and the natural outpouring of a healthier life, a healthier mind and, a, and an expressed spirit is a life of meaning and purpose. And so that's why the Total Healing Blueprint ends with the transformation of the patient, the client, the practice yes. member in a way that they understand who they are, what they're here for, and that they serve within their families, within their workplaces and their communities at a higher level because they make a conscious and deliberate choice to remove interference to what is causing them to heal by looking at cause, not effect. And this is the last point, I promise, um, with this long-winded answer to this question. Cause versus effect. If you take uh, a car analogy, if you're driving the car and the red warning light comes on, do you pull out the fuse or put a Band-Aid over the top of the red warning light so you don't have to see? That would be insane. No, that's crazy. No. You take your car in, right? Or you, that, you find out what's wrong. Yeah, you pull <laughs> out the fuse and the red light. You don't see the red warning light and you keep driving the car. The engine is going to explode. You know that. So you get the problem fixed. So the red warning light is the effect. It's the warning signal. It's not the cause of the problem. It's the indicator that there is a problem and that you need to address the cause, not the effect. You don't address the red light. You address the cause of the red light. Mm -hmm. So that's what we need to do when we look at the total healing blueprint is what's causing your pain? What's causing your unhappiness? What's causing you a lack of connection to your spiritual life? Cause versus effect. If you're unhappy, it's an effect. If you feel like a lack of meaning or purpose in your career or your life, it's an effect. If you feel um, pain and there's inflammation, it's an effect. So we look within the seven pillars to what is causing each of that. Is there interference in the spine and nervous system? Then we look at an adjustment. Is there an issue of inflammation within the body? So we look to the diet and the nutrition. Is there a genetic time bomb taking place? Then we look at the epigenetic factors. So cause versus effect. And my biggest frustration in practice would be the client that continually comes in saying, look, I've been given an antidepressant medication. I've been told I'll be on this for the rest of my life, or I'm on these arthritis medications for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. uh, and that, um, you know, I've had this pain for years and I'm just taking uh, pain-killing medication. See, to me, that says that the medication and the prescribing practitioner there is purely focused upon effect and hasn't uncovered the cause. Right. No person in my mind should be medicated for the rest of their life, which does not for one moment discount the fact that there is a need for a medication, an important role for that medication, but if you came in and said, I cannot sleep at night for the pain, it is so excruciating, then painkilling medication and sleep-helping medications are appropriate, are relevant and offer value. Mm -hmm. Not for the rest of your life because right. what is causing the pain that is interfering with the sleep that is preventing you from expressing and living life. That's why we look at cause, not effect. We don't simply look at the red signal and stay focused upon that without consideration of other factors. And so the total healing blueprint says, yes, we need to look at the totality of everything, particularly the nervous system, which governs and controls everything. But first, what is the cause and why are those causes remaining and not being addressed? And why is it so easy to say, just take a painkiller for this when, you know, really the question should be, what causes the pain? What do we need to do to address that underlying cause 
And now what can we do now on an ongoing basis to support you to make positive and beneficial choices to create a new ritualized way of living so that your health is restored and that your life is fully expressed. So that is so well said. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And you know what? You came to the same realization that I did too, is, is it has to be simultaneous. You know, so so just like you said, you go over here to your, your chiropractor, here to your nutritionist, here to your spiritual teacher, here to your, you know, and we're trying to put all the pieces of the puzzle together. And what I found just like you and your total healing is brilliant, brilliant. Um, and what a great description of cause and effect, you know. So if you're listening to this, everyone, you know, and you have something going on in your body or your mind, you know, you know, you've got sort of an emotional, stressful thing going on, whether it's COVID or something else, right? Um, you know, get some help for it, but realize that you're going to be looking at all these different areas, like Dr. Marcus is sharing here. It's the total healing blueprint. It really is not one thing, and you've got to look at the cause of all that, not just the light that's blaring, your car light, right? Just saying, here's the here's the warning. Um, so that's absolutely brilliant. I I see this, you know, I see the same thing. I love to go to those sort of um, ancestral streams too, or the places that are are in our genetic line and clear that. And often even the fear or the emotions that are in the womb, you know, that, that we got from our parents that aren't ours. They're not even ours. And if we clear that energy, then we can be 100% our soul's truth. And like you said, find your purpose. It becomes available to you. Um, but the good work that you're doing with families is just is, is amazing. And I love the story. Thank you for sharing with, you know, the child who said, hey, maybe I need this too. Um, you know, I look back on my own story and I'm so grateful for this. It's bringing it up as you're talking. You know, my kids were little when I got sick. And so all I wanted to do was be their mom. But I did seek chiropractic help. And I did have a wonderful chiropractor. His name was Dr. Al. And Andy was maybe 18 months or two years when we started. So he grew up with that. And you know what? He's an engineer today. He's in his thirties, but I got to tell you, he is a great little guy. <laughs> he, can, he, can, he can pop my back. He's got the best hands, give the best massage. Um, I don't know if it's because he started at age two, but it's pretty cool to think back uh, on that. Yeah. Yeah. So you're doing such great work with, with families. I know we don't have a lot of time to talk about this, but I do want to ask you about this. You have some kind of sacred art of symbolic interpretation. What does uh, what does that mean? <laughs> well, and, and we won't belabor this point, but I know that you focus on transformation. And for me, this is this is one of the we do a presentation. Um, I normally do this every two years uh, when when there's a, a buildup of enough readiness. And the event uh, that I host is about transformation. It's it's called the lost and sacred art of symbolic interpretation of signs and symptoms. And everybody tells me, change the title. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I continue to not change the title for the very simple reason. Inherent in the title is the message. And those that are not ready for the message will not have any interest in the title. Those that are interested in the title and perplexed, confused, and maybe a bit of um, you know, curiosity, and it's going to evoke a different response in them. And really on the transformative pathway, a lot of people, uh, when they begin care, they're not ready for transformation. They're ready for symptomatic resolution. And there's, there's a, a journey that you go on uh, that allows you, you know, you, your, your prefrontal cortex, which is the part of the brain that uh, perceives the world, 
uh, has high level thinking associated with it, sets and achieves goal and allows you to, you know, to create a more complete and full life. Well, that shuts down in stress. So just now the ability to see the opportunity for transformation doesn't happen at the beginning of care because you're in stress and you're focused on help me, um, get me out of this situation and, and solve this problem for me as, of, as opposed to later in care, people are starting to say, well, I'm out of a stress response. My prefrontal cortex is activated again. And now I want to know what transformation can look like and what my experience of the world could actually be. Mm -hmm. So the lost and sacred art, well, firstly, what we are talking about here with symbolic um, healing, if you like, it's, it's all, I call it the first thing is it's a lost art. It, it's not done. This used to be how the great mystics of the world taught, uh, healed, spoke, but no longer in practice. If, if you go to your healer, which is generally you know, either your medical practitioner or your chiropractor or your naturopath or your functional medicine doctor or your spiritual teacher or your yoga instructor, you know, any of those elements and, and more beyond that, obviously. If you go to them, they're going to talk on the level of understanding with you, your symptoms, your problems, and often give you a short-term solution in the presence of, in, in relation to the symptom you present with. Well, that wouldn't have happened hundreds and thousands of years ago, you would have been given a parable. You would have been told a story. You would have been, um, been put placed in front of a mandala where, where the changes in your nervous system and identity would be altered by the very viewing of conversational piece that took place. So that's why it's lost. And the word sacred comes into it is because this is not commonplace every day. If you think of a building, well, a building is a building. If you go to your school and the school building is a building. And if you go to your practice, your practice is a building. But when you go to a church, it's a place, a sacred place. If you go to one of the great um, places that have been, you know, the, the, the birthplace of Benjamin Franklin or something like that, there's a sacredness about it. It's held in heritage because of its meaning and purpose. And the same is true for the language you use and the intention you bring to a conversation. So there is a lost and sacred art. It's not a science. It's not even a philosophy. There's an artistry. The telling of the story requires artistry. The use of mandala is the use of art. So there's a lost and sacred art in the symbolic interpretation of signs and symptoms. Let's talk about symbolic. When somebody holds up a dove, at a rally, what are they symbolising? The peace rally is the symbol. The dove is a symbol of peace. Mm -hmm. What is the person? What was the what was the lion in the Wizard of Oz? The symbol of courage. Mm -hmm. A spider, often a symbol of your fears. So we all live this symbolic life, but we don't necessarily identify or pay attention to the symbols. The North American Indians would name their child um, at, during the birth process when they would walk out of the tent and the first thing they would see would be a sitting bull. So this is, you know, sitting bull or a running stream. And so there is that symbolic aspect and then they were giving their totem, their animals that are symbolic and represent of their life journey. We don't understand this symbolism. But when you think of symbolism in the context of I've got this sore neck okay you have neck pain but who's the pain in the neck who's the pain in the butt right you know, right the, the what for digestive issues what am i not digesting or assimilating mm -hmm. so every symptom has a message beyond its presenting complaint 
And so there is a lost and sacred art of symbolic, the message, the symbolic interpretation, how I perceive the meaning of that symptom beyond its presentation. So a lost and sacred art of symbolic interpretation of signs and symptoms, the signs being the things that you present with um, the symptoms that are objective and subjective. So pain is subjective. It's a symptom. You can tell me that you're in pain, but your blood pressure, you can't tell me that you have elevated blood pressure. We use a device to measure your blood pressure. So it's objective. It's independent of you. So it's a sign. So there is a lost and sacred art of the symbolic interpretation of your signs and symptoms, those things that you present with, that give a greater insight into what is happening for you, why it is happening, what we need to do, and what is going to be your pathway of transformation, because the symbolic message contains within it not what the problem is, but what the truth about what is happening for you is, and where your life journey is going to unfold in order for you to experience the fullness of healing that is available to you, that is mirrored back to you in the way that you're presenting to the practice. I love that. And you know what? I mean, I pay attention to that, but I'm thinking back, you know, even on my own, on my own journey, I don't know that I had the body awareness when I first got sick or the awareness of those signs and symbols. I usually do say to people, we either digest life or digest us, you know? So, you know, we're either digesting the emotions and things that are going on around us or we've got digestive issues from that. So, you know, anything going on. So it is a sign. It is a symbol of, of that for sure. Um, and I think today, Dr. Marcus, people in this day and age, I would hope that at least the people I speak with and, and hopefully our listeners here are aware of different signs and symbols, even in their environment, or understand like things like feng shui. You know, and that we need to be paying attention to some of these sacred and lost art, you know, symbols and interpretation and how that can correlate. What you described so beautifully is how it correlates with health, you know, with the pain that we might have somewhere. You know, when I think of back pain, I think of feeling unsupported. You know, I have somebody right now who, who I think is feeling, feeling very unsupported and it's, it's totally presenting as back pain, you know, as back spasms. I often see spasms as entities. What do you see? And certainly have, uh, you know, I see that in practice all the time when uh, you lay hands on somebody and they're like, oh, it's cramping, it's spasming there. Yeah, you know that there's energetic influences there, whether it be entity or even um, retained fears and elements like that. So mm -hmm. there's nothing happens by accident. There is no symptom that doesn't have a message beyond what you perceive it to be. And yet there's an energetic world out there that is influencing us in a way that most of us are not connected to and may not even understand. And yet that influence is ever present. And, and our goal is to uncover those so that we can know ourselves first and then know our place that we may fully express who we are in and through life. And it's a journey, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So we want all of you to know if you're listening, you know, it's a journey. You know, you can tell that Dr. Marcus has been on an amazing journey too. From the, the day he started chiropractic school, you know, and ate day old bread <laughs> to, uh, you know, to now. So um, it's definitely a journey. I certainly am. I, I feel like, um, you know, all of my clients and myself, you know, that we transform and we get better. We're better now than we were five months ago. Than we were last month. You know, we keep, keep elevating, keep working on ourselves. Um, I'm going to turn the tables here a little bit and ask you a couple of quick questions, more personal questions about, you know, about you, you know, so how do you stay at your best? 
You know, you talked about the total blueprint. Well, what kind of things do you do? Give us a couple of brain hacks that you use to keep keep yourself at that high level. What do you do? Well, the first thing is I, I ritualize. I ritualize it, meaning I have a I don't have one card right next to me is uh, anyway, I, I keep and I put it in writing, not on a computer. It's a little palm card that's about this big, and I have uh, seven things on it that I that I look at. And I look at the card every day. And I tick when I do them and I cross when I don't do them so that I hold myself accountable to specific actions that I design into my day to ensure that I'm moving in the direction for the vision that I have for my health and my life. So yes. I have a checklist, if you like, of activities to serve uh, the experience that I want for my life. And so incorporated with that is exercise. I exercise every day, whether that's walk, whether that's, you know, I will have a gym, I will have walking, I may have swimming, I have riding. I will make certain that I do some level of physical activity every day. Um, I will have meditation in that, and whether that incorporates a breath work or a guided meditation, I will ensure that I do a meditative practice. I have what I call a, um, a, a walking meditation. I have in my backyard a, um, my wife bought me a, a fire pit. It's, it's like a big metal um, dragon um, that has been, carved out of metal and you, you, you know you put a fire in there and it looks like there's a fire breathing dragon when you look at it silhouetted and it's and it's burning at night um, but I walk around that contemplatively so I use that period of time for for reflection for contemplation so it's a I, and I ritualize walking around that space so it anchors me into being in the state that I want to be so I have that practice um, I get adjusted every week Mm -hmm. And also I look to um, my supplement. Um, at the moment, I'm really, given the, the, the condition of the world, I'm, I'm constantly with my vitamin C, my vitamin D, my zinc, and my B12. Uh, and so I supplement each day in addition to my exercise. I look to eat a healthy diet. Um, I don't eat at the moment. I've really focused on um, doing some intermittent fasting and I've eliminated all commercial foods so that I'm eating um, really healthily with home-based foods to ensure that I'm serving, you know, supporting and serving my body. So again, I'm looking at awesome. these pillars. I'm getting adjusted nervous system. I'm exercising, yeah. making sure I get my physical needs, intermittent fasting, and food choices and supplementation to support my my um, emotional balance, my um, meditation for sorry, my biochemical balance, my meditation for my emotional balance, which is supporting. I'm spending time in nature when I'm walking around my fire circle for my energetic influences. Beautiful. Uh, and my spiritual is that um, that mindfulness um reflective and restorative meditation and on top of that i read every single day morning and afternoon 15 to 30 minutes with literature that is designed to elevate my thinking to strengthen my resolve to enhance my spiritual expression that i may remain in state and stay in a place of gratitude and love peace forgiveness contentment um, that I might be able to serve and influence the world in a positive and profound way. So I literally pour into my life that which I want to be able to pour out onto others. It is ritualized, it is checklisted, so I hold myself accountable to the processes I want to, to be part of my life so that I can experience the things that I would choose to have. It's done by design, not by default. You don't have an extraordinary life by default. It is done by design. It must be conscious, it must be deliberate. There must be accountabilities. And you must have the willingness and the drive and the desire to be persistent in the face of distraction and lack of motivation. And that's why I checklist it every day. 
That's awesome. I love that. And you know, the, the, the people who are the most successful and aware and uh, elevated, I don't know, vi- higher vibration, whatever you consciousness um, are disciplined, just like you described. You know, what a beautiful discipline. So, you know, if, again, you're listening to this and you're like, hey, I want to take some tidbits from this, you know, take that one, you know, ritualize your life, be disciplined in what, in what you do, make that checklist for yourself. Yeah, especially now, you know, we're talking about sort of the beginning of 2022 and it's a, it's a great time to, great time to do that. So it sounds like you keep your body, your mind and everything super, super healthy. Um, that is absolutely awesome. You know, if you were going to leave our audience with one, just, one brain hack, yeah, what was you going to say? Yeah. I just want to say one thing on that point because it is a conversation I have with my patients and I want to talk to those people out there that might be saying, oh my gosh, yeah, that's easy for, for you know, Dr. Mark just to say, he's like, he's got this great career, he's got this great life, it must be <laughs> easy to do, he's got all the time in the world, he doesn't understand my life, I've got this stress, that problem, this issue, and this is, is just no way I could do all of that. So I want to talk to you about that. I think I represent hope for every person because I was suspended from school more times than people turned up. I had, I grew up um, and had so many challenges. I was in, I said, oh, I was in fights. I had, I had a burns injury. I'm not sure you can see that on the camera. I have a burns injury. So I was picked on at school. I was, I fought my way through school. I had trauma, a very traumatic brain. My father um, had an alcoholic background. Um, I, I don't even remember some of my childhood. My sister reminds me to this day that she took us to the shelter um, away from those elements. You know, there was, and then he, my father died of alcoholism. My sister um, committed suicide. So we have all of our traumas. I don't mm-hmm. say that to ask for a, oh, gosh, I didn't know that. I say that having reconciled and integrated those emotions to let you know it doesn't matter what stresses you think you have. It matters what choices you make in the presence of those. And it may just start with one simple part. I would say that my life is incredible now, but it did not start incredible. It started by saying, I've had enough. I don't want this pain. I have a bump on the back of my head. I sometimes show this to my clients, the ones that feel like they're stuck and will never be able to get to where they are. This lump, a really big lump on the back of my head because I was headbutting a brick wall to knock myself out because I hated where I was and the experience of my life. There was so much pain and I wished I could be numb to it. And if I can come from that place of having fought my way through school, having wanted to knock myself out, to be numb from the pain, to be oblivious to the the world around me, and then step-by-step, one choice at a time, it might be just today I'm going to move. I'm going to go for that walk. And today I'm going to cut sugar out. It's not helping me. I'm going to go to bed earlier. I'm going to put my device down. I know it's hard when you've got the infinite scroll and you want to be there and you feel like the dopamine rush is going to connect you to a better world. It doesn't. I'm going to read a book. I'm going to stop the TV. I took TV out of my life for four years on the recommendation of a counsellor because it held nothing of value for me. And the same with newspapers. So I invested to fill the cup so that I could actually get beyond the pains and problems of the world. So while I tell you that story of the rituals I I do now to create and recreate and live out an extraordinary life, it doesn't take a moment. It takes many moments, one after the other, built up over time. And 
I know that some of this information sounds overwhelming, uh, potentially unrealistic. It's not when you take one step each day, and commit, recommit, put the ticks on the box, you're going to get crosses. I get crosses. The next day you put a tick and you make a choice each day to move in the direction of your potential because you can lead an extraordinary, passion-filled, meaningful life when you commit and decide no more. I'm in relentless pursuit of the extraordinary. Say that and you will live that one step at a time. Mm. Beautifully said. Thank you so much for that wisdom. I hope you're all motivated now to take that one step like Dr. Marcus shared here. If he could do it, you can do it. If I can do it, you can do it. Because you know what, everyone? It's time for you, right? It's time for you to take that step. I think we'll end on that beautiful note. Thank you so much for being with us today, Dr. Marcus, sharing your amazing wisdom with our audience here today. And, and everyone, take that step. Take one step. You know, change, change, start exercising, diet, meditation, whatever. Put one thing in and then keep adding it and make that checklist for yourself. Thank you again. It was awesome. Appreciate you. 